Can you hear me? Okay, there we go. By the way, that would never happen at Star Trek, just saying. Might have happened with Star Wars, but it wouldn't happen with Star Trek. For you, for you Trekkie fans, you understand the importance of what I'm saying. Now, it was cool at the uh, toward the beginning of worship. Um, I think the second song after the welcome, uh, the Waka Waka song. You know, we started that, and they they started playing that song, and I don't know why I didn't notice this before, or if maybe they changed it. I don't know, but. But they started the song, and I thought, wow, that, that's the same, same chord progression as Days of Elijah. They should just go into Days of Elijah. And then that's exactly what they did. That was awesome. That was awesome. If you don't know, Days of Elijah is one of my favorite songs of all time. Love it. The best rendition of that song, I can't even remember the guy's name. But he's Irish. He did, he did a live concert in Belfast, Ireland. And it was, it rocked me. It was so awesome. Mark somebody, I think. I know I, I have him in my phone, but if you're interested, I could look it up. But, um, that song has meant a lot to me in the past and it's always been this victory song. Right? And that's what it is. And everybody is just shouting this praise and shouting this victory, and I'm back in the back bawling. Because the Lord said something to me when everybody was worshiping. He said, see how they worship me? He said, they're ready. Man. There is nothing more powerful than worship. Nothing. Because worship... That's why Satan seeks it. Because there's power in it. It's why God created you for it. It's because there's community in it. There's connection in it. Unlike anything else. Like, we were made to worship. We were made to connect in that way. And praise God. Thank you, Lord, that you devised that for us to be a part of. How amazing is that? Let's pray. Father, we worship you. We praise you. We love you. We thank you, God. And Lord, we give you collectively our yes this morning. You know I have given you mine. We desire to hear from you. We desire your will to be done. We desire to not change from your presence as we worshiped you, but to just sit at your feet. You guide what you want. You say what you want. 
We're just eager for you. Lord, you know, I'll, I'll say as testimony, you know my desire through this whole thing. My, de- my desire has never been to grow as a church. It's never been about money. It's never been about being known. It's never been about any of that. It's about being with you. And I, that's all we want. That's all I want. It's to just be with you. But Lord, it does expand beyond that in one way. And that is that I want all of your creation to be able to be with you. I want the intention that you had when you first created man. The intention of that connection where sin didn't interrupt. It didn't become a wall. Where our community with you and with each other was perfect. So we give you our yes. I give you my yes this morning. Speak what you want. Help us to see with eyes to see and hear with ears to hear what you want. What you are saying. We worship you, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. So, If you've been listening the last three weeks or so, right around there, you know that there is a shift coming. You know that, I hate to use the word format, but there is a format change coming, right? In fact, it's probably the change is really going from from format to no format, if that makes sense. But it's not only what the Lord is having us do, It's what the Lord intended from the beginning with his bride. You look at what happened in Acts chapter 2. It wasn't planned. Lord said, go up there to those 120 disciples. He said, go up there and just go into Jerusalem and wait. Now, I got to tell you how many times I have talked to the Lord and say, Lord, this, can I say this is unfair because they only had to wait 10 days? I don't necessarily get a response on that one. Except that he does remind me that what he's doing now is different. It's bigger. It's more widespread. It's more powerful. But think about Those that went up to that upper room. They had no agenda. They didn't even know what they were waiting for. They had no agenda. 
And when the Holy Spirit did come and did fall upon them, they still had no agenda but what happened. They started speaking as the Lord gave them utterance, it says in chapter 2. See, there wasn't just one work going on. There was a lot of work going on. It would have been really cool to, to have the privilege of being able to watch that scene unfold. But even Peter, it was not planned that, okay, Peter knows that, yeah, when the Holy Spirit falls and everything's going on, then I'm going to stand up and I'm going to explain what's going on. No. He was led by the Lord. How do I know this? Because that wasn't the Peter in the Gospels. Right? If you look at the Peter in the Gospels, he would insert his foot into his mouth all the time. He, he honestly wasn't even real cohesive in, in the way he talked, in the way he thought, in the movement that he had, except for one thing. He passionately loved Jesus. And then when he stood up and he preached, that was a different Peter. That was led by the Lord. See, because we don't know what's coming, we, we can only pull from inklings of we think what we think the Lord may do. But what I can tell you is that it will be different. It won't be all you just sitting there looking at me. Maybe we'll just sit there looking at each other. (laughs) But you know what? This is what bonds us together. This is what he has been working on literally for... Ten years. In fact, I think, no. 2014. Nine years. Coming up in three weeks is the nine-year anniversary to when the Lord spoke to me for the first time. At least that I recognized. (laughs) August 7, 2014. And you know how he first spoke? It was through a gifting that I didn't even know what in the heck it was. I didn't know what it was. So guys, as you prepare your hearts for what's coming in August, don't try and put parameters around it. Now recognize it'll be in agreement with the Word of God. Recognize that. Because everything he does is. But how do you quantify when he says, I'm doing something new? How do you quantify that? Except to say, it won't disagree with the old. (laughs) It won't disagree with God's character. It won't disagree with his word that is a blueprint of his character. But don't. Try and wrap your brain around what it could be. Instead, wrap your brain around who he is. 
and let him do the rest. I got to tell you, I'm excited. There are giftings that are going to break out in this room amongst these people here that you've never seen before. Certainly at the level that he's going to break them out. He's going to break them out in people that you wouldn't expect. I can't wait. You know, ten years ago or nine years ago, whatever it was. No, I guess ten years ago now. Would have been almost a little bit over ten years ago when I started down this journey. And I've shared this before about being a cessationist and all that and what the Lord you know, taught me in, in changing my view on what it meant to have a relationship with the Lord. Because it's not about no gifts or gifts. It's not about that. And that, that's where churches really get messed up. Well, we believe in the gifts. And, and by the way, if you don't show the gifts, then you better check your salvation. Well, we don't believe in the gifts because they ended a long time ago. And if you believe in the gifts, you better check your salvation. How about know that you're saved and then figure out the truth of what God's saying beyond that because it lies in relationship with Him. It doesn't lie in the knowledge of learning something. It also doesn't sit in the pushing off the knowledge of something, as was my background. So I remember when, when this walk started with me, you know, I, and I've shared this before, I asked the Lord two things. I said, in believing that the gifts were for today, one, I, 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 I just wanted his will, but first, he needed to prove that in the word of God to me. And secondly, help me to understand the application so that I could teach it. Because it's something that the bride needs to come together with. And so nine years, it would have been January, or no, start February 10 and a little more years ago. Would have been February of, no, nine, a little more than nine years ago. February of 2014, when this whole journey really started for me. When I dove into his word, and I got to tell you, I broke out the notes that I wrote down some nine plus years ago about this. When, when I told him, prove it to me in your word, I dove into his word for a couple of weeks. Did nothing else. Didn't work, didn't do anything. Just dove into his word all day, every day. And I wrote out so many notes. So I, I grabbed a portion of those. And I read them this morning... And it was so interesting because I feel the same way right now. Even nine plus years later. Why? Because this wasn't me having an epiphany. 
This was literally me saying yes and the Lord opening my eyes to truth. And then over the last nine years, God has done something that he either has or will do to each one of you. He has this amazing way of proving out his truth if you step in faith. Oftentimes, you don't get the proof until you give the faith. You give your yes, you take a step in the dark, and then all of a sudden those things come to light. That's, a, that's at least how it's been for me. But through that portion, he has taught me over the years what it means to have relationship with him. What it means to give a life to be his hands and his feet. Really think about that. What does that mean? Well, Lord, I'll be your hands and feet, and, and here's the lane that I want to sit in. So if your hands and feet happen to be over here, then I'm your hands and feet. God, use me. That's not giving a yes. That's giving a yes but. <laughs> when you step in faith and you give a yes, he starts to prove it out. Everything that we had break out in giftings, he has proven out, not only in his scripture, but he has proven out in life. Just in life. I remember all the turmoil that we faced at the beginning. Remember, coming from the background that we came back from, we had a lot of people turn their backs on us. And without, this isn't about names or anything else, but I look at their lives now. That's proof to me, guys. That's proof to me. I look at my own life, and I'm not talking about a, the fruit of my life. I'm talking about the intimacy of my relationship with the Lord, my desire. You want to really judge your own relationship with the Lord? It's easy. How much do you think about him? How much do you talk to him? How much do you make yourself available for him? Is it compartmentalized? Well, you know, I do that for an hour every morning. You know, I do it Sunday mornings. I do it maybe Tuesday night or, you know, I'll go on to prayer call or this or that. Is it compartmentalized or do you, do you think about him all the time? See, that's what I believe Paul meant when he said, I pray without ceasing. I know because I experienced that. He is a part of every piece of my life. Every thought that I have. He is attached to it. And, and it's not because he has, he has made me something different or something. Every single child of God has that same opportunity. And I want to share just as a matter of testimony. Because so often people think that certain things are not going to get done or certain things won't happen or maybe they'll lose a piece of their life that, that they'll miss. Man, when I, when I used to build homes, I loved it. I loved sitting down at, at, at my CAD software and designing a home. That was my favorite. I, I enjoyed that more than I did 
even building the thing. But then taking that design that was nothing, putting it together, and then now building it and seeing it as a finished product, that, that was just the coolest thing for me. I didn't even care if I made money doing it. I just wanted to do it because I enjoyed it. And then when the Lord said, shut it all down, sell all your tools, you know, there was a little piece of me that was like, well, I'm glad I got to enjoy that in the moment. But God, do you know I build more now than I ever built when I had a business? Isn't that crazy? What I've been doing the last three days is designing a new building in Nigeria. It's basically an office building that we've already broken ground on. And, but after this last trip, it will be our clinic. But laying it all out, drawing out the floor plan, drawing out the roof line, what that looks like. I get to do that now. God didn't take it away from me. If you're sitting there thinking, well, yeah, but I have these compartmental places in my life that I don't want to give up. Because they're, they're good. I, I, I have a testimony through them. I challenge you. Give them to Him and watch what He does with them. It'll blow you away. He will take your talents mixed with your yes. And He will put you in places you never imagined you would be. Ever. I'm too old for that. Or I'm too young for that. Or I'm to this or I'm to that. There is nothing that stands in your way but you. God isn't standing in your way. <laughs> he just requires you to give the first step. That's the yes. A yes without compartmentalization. A yes without a but. Just a flat out yes. You know, what if God called me to do something I didn't want to do? It doesn't matter. Yes. I had to trust that he'll make me enjoy it. <laughs> he'll make me want to do it. And by the way, he did. For 15 years, a little more than 15 years, I was worship leader. And I loved it. That was my favorite thing in the world. And when he called me, first told me about being a pastor, I'm like, can't I just be the worship leader? You know, what, what if we have another pastor and I'll just be the worship leader? Because I loved it so much. What I had no idea of was what he had planted deep inside me that would be fulfilled when I step into the calling that he really had for me. Every one of you is the same way. Doesn't matter what stage in life you're in. Everybody go like this. Breathe in, breathe out. Okay, to my knowledge, everybody in here is alive. That is the only criteria you need to be obedient to God. Just have breath in your lungs and a yes in your heart. You watch what he does. Now recognize it's not an overnight process. It just isn't. 
Because when we give our yes, there is a requirement that comes with that that's tested. And that's faith. Yes, Lord. Good. Take a step. Step out. Trust me. Testing of that faith is critical because your yes can't just be words. It has to be proven. Remember, we've talked many times about, about how God plays, plays is probably not the right word, but on, on a judicial system. That's how he functions. Why? Because he has an enemy. And he has to do it right because he has given us the authority of choice. So in that judicial system, your faith has to be proved out. When you take that step of faith, that's what he starts to do. And, and I've shared many testimonies about this in the past. You guys each have testimonies of this because people in here have taken that step. We find ourselves where we're at right now. I want to tell you something. Some of you have been here since the beginning. Others of you have not experienced what we experienced early on. There was a manifestation of giftings. There was a manifestation of war. There was a man. It was just flat out manifestation. Why? Because the Holy Spirit was at work. And then we went through a season where there wasn't, or wasn't as much, I should say. Why? Because we took that step, and the faith had to be proven out. I can tell you on the other end of that step, We are stronger as a church now in our resolve and in our yes to him than we ever were before. That faith has been proven out. That's what he meant when he said, look, see them worship me? They're ready. It's because the gift wasn't the goal. The manifestation wasn't the goal. The healing wasn't the goal. He was the goal. Being close to him, being with him, that was the goal. That is the goal. It was, is, and will be the goal. It never changes. So he has given us this time to get ready. And I don't mean get ready in terms of our heart, because I think that's what he was referring to. I think we're ready We're probably over ready for our hearts and our desire for him. But be ready in your yes. When this format changes, and he said August, and by the way, I don't know when in August. I don't know if it'll be that first week in August or if it'll be the second or third week in August. I don't know. I have a feeling that I won't know until that week's upon us. Or, or collectively we, I don't know. 
I'm just saying it may be that first week, it may be the next week. When he said, are you ready? Or or when he said, you guys were ready, I said, can we start today? (laughs) You know, he said, no, wait till August. But be excited because what it means is that he's going to speak to us as a church. Again, at the beginning, gifts broke out that I had never heard of or understood before. And since then, over and over again, have seen them proved out. But I want, I want you to turn to 1 Corinthians 12. There are different types of gifts, right? And these gifts specifically are the manifestational gifts, Um. Because you have three types of gifts in three different areas. You have motivational gifts. You have ministerial gifts. And and we're each given those. Like some people have the gift of hospitality. That would be a ministerial gift. But then you have manifestational gifts. The manifestational gifts are listed... Primarily, I mean, they're referred all throughout the, the New Testament, but, but primarily Paul lays them out in 1 Corinthians 12, and we're going to read that. Because again, what is coming is not about the gift, but it is about being ready to be used however the Lord desires to use you. So let's just start reading in verse 1. Now concerning spiritual gifts, brothers, I do not want you to be uninformed. You know that when you were pagans, you were led astray to mute idols, however you were led. In other words, you were led in many different ways to all different idols that were not God. Verse 3, therefore I want you to understand that no one speaking in the Spirit of God ever says Jesus is accursed, and no one can say Jesus is Lord except in the Holy Spirit. Let me stop there real quick, because what he's highlighting here is something that is critical in understanding the Holy Spirit working through you. And I, I could say this educationally at the beginning, but I can say this historically because we went through it over and over and over again. To discern what is going on is a gift. We'll read that in a few minutes. But to discern what is going on and who is speaking is critical. It's critical. By the way, you need to discern that even with different pastors that you listen to. That's why God said in Acts 17.11, be like the Brians, where they would receive with an open heart, but then go back and prove out that which was true. Do they prove it out intellectually? No. They go back, they open the word, and they, Lord, Father, help me to see truth here. See, do you know that's the Holy Spirit's job? Or one of them? To show you truth. 
it says, we'll see in a minute, that each gift is of the what? Same spirit. By the way, that's the same spirit what? Same spirit that gives the gifts? No. I mean, it is. But it's the same spirit that's in you. When you accept Jesus Christ as your Savior and you're building relationship with Him, you are giving access of yourself to the Holy Spirit. So as we begin to receive from Him something that is of the Holy Spirit, it's you, you could almost think it like He's talking to Himself. <laughs> right? We use the word resonate. That resonates with me. Why? Because the Spirit that is in me resonates with what is being said from that spirit. And it's proven out in the Word of God. So, Paul here lays out a test. A test to understand that what is being done in the church, it's it's a way for infiltration to be denied. Infiltration to be stopped. And you see it again in 1 John chapter 4. Because what it basically says is this. And we won't turn there. You can turn there later. But it's what was just said. If it is a false spirit, not of God, not the Holy Spirit, it cannot say that Jesus Christ came in the flesh. The Son of God came in the flesh. It can't. That's what it's saying here. Now, I don't know what can't means. I don't know if, it, if their mouth just won't function that way. I, I kind of tend to think it's a pride thing because that's what Satan fell in the first place. There are certain things Satan or Lucifer will not say because his pride will not let him say it. Either way, they can't. And I remember at the beginning when we would have these giftings open up, we would have ecstatic prophecy open up or, or word of knowledge, uh, all these things open up, especially the ecstatic. I remember for a while there as the Lord was teaching me to recognize the Holy Spirit in me, recognizing that spirit as he was teaching me that, I just want to make sure. If, if a spirit is speaking through somebody ecstatically, I asked. Hey, before you go any further, you know, I, I know you claim to be, you know, the words of Jesus or whatever. Tell me who Jesus is. Tell me who Jesus is. And... If it was of the Lord, which was most of the time, there were a few times that it wasn't and got shut down right away. But if it was of the Lord, the Lord usually gave more information than necessary. Like if this was speaking for the Father and the Father would go on and on about His Son, but it would always include that He came in the flesh. Why? Because the enemy can't say that. They can't. That's what Paul's saying here. So you have to be discerning in terms of the gifts. Verse 4. Now there are a variety of gifts, but the same Spirit. Holy Spirit. And there are a variety of service, 
but the same Lord. There are varieties of activities, but the same God who empowers them all and everyone. By the way, he laid out the three different types of gifts. I'm not getting into that study, but that's what that was there. Verse 7, we're going to mainly talk about the manifestational gifts here just briefly. To each is given a given the manifestation of the Spirit for the common good. Right up front, he states what this is about. This is not about you. It's not about you. It may include you, but it's not about you. A gifting is to be for the common good. A gifting is to be for the bride. I love how what God does makes it horizontal. Like everything we do in life, we cannot get around the fact that we're supposed to be close to each other. Now, by the way, not just us. This is supposed to be the whole bride. So you can see how successful Lucifer has, be, has really been in fragmenting the church. Fragmenting his children, God's children. See, if he could separate us, there's no power. Because there's power in unity. Because when you mix faith with unity, something happens in the spirit realm. And, and, and it must just be a common law because that's literally what caused God to come down to the Tower of Babel and mix up their, their, their speech. He said, see how they are unified of all one way. We better go down and confound their speech. Otherwise, there's nothing they will not be able to do. When you think of that, and you think, why in the world wouldn't the bride want to be unified? Why? Why? I I mean, it it makes sense as to why Lucifer wants us not to be. I mean, he's getting crushed enough by a few people being unified. Imagine what it's going to look like when thousands, hundreds of thousands, and millions are unified. I mean, he probably won't see it because he'll be busy in his little cage. But see, that's what God intended from the beginning. That relationship that was vertical was always supposed to spread horizontal, always. So it's for the common good of the bride. That's the motivation here. Now, by the way, because I'm not going to get into it, but, but I will say there is one gifting the only gifting that has a portion of it that is personal, and that is tongues. There is, and it talks about this in Thessalonians, there, there is a, a tongue that, that you do on a personal level that is uttering things that you don't know how to utter. Now, that could be still for the bride, but it could also be for you because you have said and declared your yes and don't necessarily know how to walk in that. Sometimes the Lord will 
utilize tongues to then teach your spirit how. And, and by the way, it's, it's never supposed to be that, well, I'll just let him do it all the time. No, you're supposed to move forward. Paul even said, man, five prophetic words that we can understand are better than 10,000 words in a tongue that we can't. So to me, if you're an investor, you should look at that and know where to invest. <laughs> the power of those five words. So I, I did want to point that out because I'm really keying on everything being a, a corporate thing. It's for the, for the bride. But there is an aspect of tongues that is personal. That our cries and these utterances that we don't even know how to do, the Holy Spirit does them through us. Verse 8. For to one is given through the Spirit the utterance of wisdom. And let me just read through all these, then I'll go back. And to another, the utterance of knowledge, according to the same Spirit. To another, faith, by the same Spirit. To another, gifts of healing, by the one Spirit. To another, the working of miracles. To another, prophecy. To another, the ability to distinguish between spirits to another various kinds of tongues, to another the interpretation of tongues. All these are empowered by one and the same Spirit, who apportions to each one individually as he wills. In other words, it's not up to you. It's up to the Holy Spirit. It is not, I know, I know people teach this, that, I, I just look at it differently. People teach that, well, you know, when, when you got saved, you were given one of these gifts, at least one. Some people get a couple of them, but you're given at least one. Man, I, 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 first of all, I don't see that. What I see, Paul say, is seek the gifts. Not seek one that you feel comfortable with or one that maybe you think that's supposed to be your... No, seek them all. When, when I seek the gifts, it is, Lord, here's this flesh that I give you my yes. Do whatever you want with me. If you want to do tongues, great. If you want to do healing, great. If you want to do miracles, great. I'm not putting any stipulation on what he wants to do. Neither should you. I can tell you for myself... I have experienced every single one of the gifts, personally. Where, and what I mean, not receiving-wise, but it manifesting through me. I've, I've had each one. And some, a lot more than others, but it's almost like he gave me a taste. And I don't know, sometimes that could be more frustrating than just waiting. <laughs> Because you know what it is, and you're like, Lord, I want, I want you, I want you, I want you. When, when he works through you in a gifting, there is, there is an experience that you get to feel, which is the presence of his Holy Spirit. You're going to see that in here. You're going to see that happen. You might experience that yourself. Don't push it away. 
If we're sitting here in a circle and, and we're worshiping and all of a sudden you can't, you can't control your shaking, don't. One thing he told me from the beginning is what he had made ignition. At the beginning, when we didn't know anything, we, when we were learning, he would just tell me, this is a safe place. And I want it to be a safe place. He's not going to let us get it wrong. That's what the gifts of discernment are for. Don't be afraid of stepping because you're afraid of getting something wrong. If you're afraid of getting something wrong, go, don't go in to take the test in the first place. Get that all settled in your heart beforehand. And then when you go into that time, just say, Lord, I trust that you have me. I am going to walk in what you do because I am only seeking you. And he will bring the protection because it's the same spirit. When he did that at the beginning, it, it was the most extraordinary thing to watch. And I, I've shared some of this before, but the first time seeing tongues break out in somebody when, when you know them, like I remember the first ones at the beginning, I, I, I knew these people. I, I knew them very well. <laughs> I knew they didn't speak another language. And now all of a sudden, you know, they're, they're on their knees and they have this hand laid upon them and one is speaking what I assume was perfect Italian. I mean, uh, arm gestures and everything. <laughs> and, and, you know, I'm just listening and I'm in awe and then the other one breaks out and it's as best as I could understand because I don't know either language. It sounded like Arabic to me. Perfect. It wasn't Babel. It wasn't Babel. And, I, and I'm not downing tongues that are Babel or anything else. I'm, what I'm saying is that God has an intent for the bride. And I can tell you what we experienced. In all the tongues that we had break out, because I knew them before, and when they broke out, they were identifiable, I'll say it that way, languages. Now, could I verify what they were saying? No, I, I didn't know Arabic. Although there were words here and there that, that you could pick up. I remember one girl starts speaking in, in Japanese, and there were a few words I knew in Japanese. And I heard them. That's how I knew it was Japanese and not like Chinese or something. Recognize what the Lord wants to do in you is not just for this group. What he's going to break out is what the world needs. Do you think tongues will break out in Chinese? So maybe there's a Chinese community that you're going to be speaking to. I don't know. 
I do know I've told the Lord and had these conversations with him that as he has me all over the world, it would be really cool to be able to speak to them in their language. See, that's a gifting. And not because I'm too lazy to try and learn it, although I probably am. I figure he can do it because that's one of the gifts. There's another gift that's going to break out very heavily. And it's what we've been promised is healing. It's important to recognize that a gift of healing doesn't make you the healer. Your job is not for the healing to come about, even right now. You don't choose to pray for someone or not pray for someone because you're not sure how it's going to end up. See, that's the Lord's. He's the healer. He's Jehovah Rapha. If he tells you to pray for somebody, you have two things that you're supposed to do. You pray for them, and you have faith. Because the Lord didn't tell you to do something without there being value to it. So what comes out of it is not, I don't want to say it's not your problem because it's not a problem. It's, it's not in your hands. Does that make sense? But I'm telling you that there are giftings of healings, which it's interesting because that particular gifting is plural. So it's, it's not, the way it reads in the Greek, it's not saying, boom, you are now a healer. You now will do healings and you are the healer. No, what it's saying is you have gift of healings. Multiple. I don't know what that means, except that I know it's more than one. I know that... When he says to do it and to pray over somebody, my responsibility is just to pray in faith. But we're going to see irrational healings. Things that you've heard about, but it's almost like nobody has ever seen it, but they've heard about it. Isn't that frustrating? You know, I mean, you always hear somebody preaching and, oh, yeah, you know, back in this darkest place of Africa, you know, we, we saw this person who was born two feet tall and now they're 20 feet tall, you know. Where, where can I Google them? You know, how, how, can, how can I see, see proof of this? How can I see? Because not because I want to prove it, but it's true. Of course, I, of course I know God can do that. It's because I want to see it. I want to be a part of it. I want to experience it. It's going to happen here. The Lord has told us that. In fact, he said that our doors will not be able to contain the people that come because of these healings. Have you ever heard of the dead being raised? Real time today? I've heard of it. I've never seen it. 
I've seen an interview of somebody who claims that that happened to them, and I believe it. I believe it with all my heart. Why? Because it's been available for 2,000 years. Problem is, most of the church doesn't believe it. But you're going to see it here. You're going to see it. You're going to see healings that will blow your mind. I can't wait. But recognize that it's not about the healing. It's not about the tongues. Which, by the way, it says in here that tongues, or it says in chapter 14, tongues is really the one that is not just for the church. It is for those who do not believe, which is kind of weird. I would think it would be just the opposite of that. You know, I, I would think that the world would look at tongues and think, you're a little whacked. But that's because tongues aren't done the right way. See, the world wouldn't look at them as whacked if all of a sudden somebody stands up because we have a Russian group in the service and they start speaking Russian. How do you think that group would... They would go, oh, brother, you are Russian. Where'd you learn Russian? He said, I don't know Russian. He said, I was just speaking and had a lot of phlegm. And they're going to be like, okay, your God is real. Because here's what you said. See, this whole point is to draw the body of Christ together. The whole point. The whole point. To draw them in unity. To dismantle. You ready for this? I think I've mentioned this before. To dismantle the denominations. Lord told me that years ago. Presbyterian? See ya. Baptist? Sorry. Pentecostal? Who are you guys? See, the bride is the bride. The bride is supposed to be unified as the bride of Christ, not devised by these walls that separate them into certain belief zones. Now, I don't know how that's going to work. I can tell you right now, if somebody is saved, they're my brother or my sister. If somebody believes in, in salvation through Jesus Christ and Jesus Christ only, I will find a way to work with them. I may not be able to work with them on everything, but I'll figure something out. Until truth is seen. See, that's where we're really going. Truth will be shown. It's a little hard to say, I don't believe that the gifts are today when the gifts are happening right in front of you. It's a little hard. This person raises from the dead right in front of you. Somebody you knew. How are you going to say the gifts aren't for today? When somebody who was born without arms or legs like Nick Bacholchik and somebody lays hands on him and prays, and next thing you know, he has arms and he has legs, which, by the way, he, the Lord has promised him that. 
I stand in agreement with him. I remember him speaking at creation years and years ago. Just And if you guys don't know who he is, look him up. He, he's the most incredible guy. No arms, no legs, but he has more faith in, in his body than most of us have in our whole bodies. And he said, the Lord promised me. Now guess what? I used to think, well, yeah, of course, we're, we're all going to get our glorified bodies when we die and, you know, woohoo, we get to be in heaven and glorified body. And No. I couldn't have been more wrong. That is why perpetually the bride has not had anything happen for 2,000 years. Because that's how most people believe. No, it's for now. In fact, I believe that the glorified body will come in my life before I die. Not just the healing. Because do you know what a glorified body is? It's not just a body without sickness or a body without this and that. A glorified body was the communion of God through Adam and Eve with God. It said they were clothed in light. Now, I'm not saying that the Lord is going to take all, all our clothes away. Please. It's not about immodesty. But we are going to see things differently. We are going to be clothed in light, yeah. Maybe I'll just be so bright you can't see me. But the point is, we don't know. You know, we have some ideas. But... What I need you guys to understand is this is not a future thing. God is saying this is upon us. It's upon us. Don't be afraid of it. Because at the same time that the world is ramping up and everything is going chaotically, God's hand through his chosen people is going to raise up. I don't want to say it'll balance it out because what's really going to happen is it's going to crush it. It's going to crush it. Don't be afraid of what's coming. Don't be afraid if he uses you. If you start to feel something you're unfamiliar with, grab the person's hand next to you and just hold on tight. Say, I trust you, Lord. I trust you. I remember first time it broke out was the first time the Lord ever spoke to me. And I, I, get, I told you guys about this. It was Anissa. She hit the ground. We're praying. She hit the ground. She's shaking all over the place. And I'm just thinking, man, she's really into this. Not having any idea what was really going on. What was going on was she had already given her yes. And the Lord was working through her body by the power of the Holy Spirit to literally speak through her. I'm not going to try and explain that. But I've seen it, not just in her, 
hundreds of times, by the way. This is not a one and done thing. This is not a few times. Literally, we have seen, I believe, to my last count, this, this manifested through seven people in ignition. And up to that point, and this is why I want to say this is, this is unique, guys. Recognize who you are and what your calling is. Because when this first happened with Anissa, it happened that day. But then, like, it kept happening. And I'm like, Lord, show, show me in your word. And immediately he did. Because that, that's like my go-to. Show me in your word. And, and there are many examples of that. Even some funny ones. Saul is a really good example of that. And he honestly didn't even deserve it. But his position deserved it. Which is why it happened to him. But I said, Lord... I said, please, please I, I just have no bearing on this. Can you, can you show me somebody who has this gift? And all of a sudden, Alexis tells me of this thing she recorded on God TV. It was this lady named Stacy Campbell who had this same gift. And I'm looking at it. Oh, my goodness, that's wild. She wrote a book. Awesome. Overnighted the book, read it in two days. And, and it was probably like a 400-level theology class, this book was. I'm just absorbing it and just eating it alive. I loved it. And I finished this book, and I said, Lord, you know, I, this is like an anomaly to me. It, it, can, can we meet her? Because she's from Canada. And he said, I don't know, email her. So I emailed her. Through the website, you know how you go on info. You have no idea who reads it. I told our story. I told the story of me being a cessationist and now being a wacko. (laughs) And this is what's happening to us. And I, I told the story leading up to that. And I get an email back. And this email wasn't from her, but she, but it was, I guess, her assistant said, I just talked to Stacy, and she's going to be down in North Carolina this weekend, or it might have been the next weekend. It was within a week. And here's some tickets, free tickets, if you want to go. And I remember reading that and thinking, well, Lord, that's awesome. I didn't have a job, didn't have income. I said, you know, you need to provide a little more than just the tickets. Like, we need gas money, and we need a place to stay. All of a sudden, did some inquiries, and there was a friend of a family member who owned, I don't know, what was it? It was like a 15-room mansion. This place was insane. About 15, 20 minutes from where this place was. Oh, yeah, you guys can just stay there. (laughs) So... Not only did we get coverage of being able to stay somewhere, but we stayed about the nice place you could possibly stay. And it was me, Anissa, and Wendy went down there. And we met with her and her husband. And it was weird because we're attending this thing, and, and it's like the Lord opened up doors that entire weekend. It was just strange. You know, we, we go into this meeting the first time, and it's, you know, I don't know, I, I mean... We're just in there because they said, hey, go in this. Your, your tickets include this. Go in there. We found out we're the only people that weren't staff. 
So the, the staff of this church and then Stacy Campbell's staff, they were all in a room and it was kind of like a, a, I don't know, pray together and get ready for this conference thing and we're just sitting there. And, and then during the time Stacy, she, she manifested, she came over and she prophesied over me, over Wendy, and over Anissa. And that was just the beginning of the weekend. By the end of the weekend, we're up on stage. Anissa is prof- prophesying over each person that's coming up asking for prayer. Not Stacy. Stacy stepped aside. And I remember Stacy telling me, because I asked her, I said, I said, are there many people that have this gift? You, you go all over the world. Are there many people that have this gift? And she said, no. She said, I've known, I think she said two, two others, something like that. And I'm like, wow. And we get back and all of a sudden, you know, it's, it's opening up in seven. But that was one of the prophecies that she said over us. So don't be surprised. Don't limit expectations of what God is going to do in you. Your only course is to be completely tied in with Him. That's your only responsibility. Just give Him your yes and keep tight with Him in your relationship. He will do the rest. He won't base it on your personality. I mean, it might surprise you. You, you, might, you might see Jeff climbing the walls and you know, flipping out all over the place because that's opposite of who he is. But the Lord might do that. You, you might just see Jeff get saved and grow his hair. I'm kidding. Don't put parameters on God. And and by the way, over the next couple of weeks, as as the Lord is preparing us for this, he, he laid on my, my spirit this morning, I do want to field questions. Even though I know we're online and all that, it doesn't matter. Ignore the camera. We're getting ready. We want to be ready for him. So... I want you to feel free. If you have questions, you're probably not the only one. Yes. Can you give her the microphone? Otherwise, we won't. No one will be able to hear. For it. those that can hear me online, because I am a loud person. Um, in the beginning of your message, when when we started at First Corinthians 12, and you talked about how. Um, the the enemy can't utter that Jesus came in the flesh, that they, they're incapable of doing that. Why is that? Why are they incapable of saying that? Well, even if they lie. Yeah, I, I don't know, except that. I don't know if it's like a physical incapability, like their mouth literally will not work to do it. Um, or if it's a pride thing that keeps them from doing it. Kind of like, uh, because that, that is the biggest failure, if you will, of Lucifer. The biggest failure of, of the other side was killing Jesus. 
I don't know if you, how many in here have seen um, Nefarious? Literally nobody. Okay. It's a movie that's out, and don't know. It's a really good movie. It is labeled as a horror movie, but it's done by a Christian. It is about a person who is possessed that is on death row. And, and there's a psychologist that is supposed to either say that, yes, they can be you know, put to death or not. But what this demonic spirit says is really extraordinary. Because, it, it, remember, it's a Christian film, and it, it lays out the enemy's plans all over the place. But that's one of the things that, that this demonic spirit said was that the, our greatest defeat, the thing that we would change if we could, was killing, he, he wouldn't even call him Jesus. He called him the carpenter. You know, when we killed that carpenter, that's been the worst thing for us. He said, he, but he went on to say, but, but then society, he, he would call them you people. He said, but then you people didn't respond to him anyway, so it didn't, didn't really matter. But you have to understand that I don't know if it's that they can't by pride or that they can't, you know, because they physically can't. I just know what the word of God says. Now, the part that is confusing for me, I will just lay this out, are Nephilim. You know, human bloodline that are the seed of Satan. I don't know if the human side of them can say those words. I have no idea. But what I can say is the spirit that is on them cannot. How do I know that? Because that's what it says in First John. First John 4. That's what it says right here in 1 Corinthians 12. So, Carson, you said you had a... And I'm just going to take this last one, and we'll, we'll take more questions next week. I was just going to make a comment that maybe it's that they actually are destroyed if they admit that. The Lord's victory. Perhaps. Um, like, know. poof. Yeah. And just disappear. I don't know. I, I, again... What, what I, what I want to hesitate to do is, is read into the Word of God and add anything that's not there. And the truth is, it doesn't matter because what He gave us is a way that we can know. Because what, what I will say, because this was accused of us. It's been accused of us that we follow a demonic spirit. That all these voices that we've heard for the last eight years, nine years, is a demonic spirit, and, and that's what we follow, and blah, blah, blah. Okay, there's a lot of problems if you're, if you're going to believe that, not least of which the Holy Spirit that works in our lives, right? So from my vantage point, our responsibility is to test and to ask for that discernment, the Lord's responsibility is to show. Does that make sense? I think he puts it in there so you, you don't have to be afraid. Right? You don't have to be afraid of the spirit realm because there's something bad there along with something good. The Lord's saying you can discern between the two. In fact, you have to. 
Because the only way that you access His power, that His power work through you, is by you stepping into that field. And all He's saying there is you, you don't have to step by chance. You know, if, if your heart wants Him, then He will guide you in that. And that's, that's what He gives. And that's what we used at the beginning. I, I mean, almost every time I used to ask that. So, um, Lexi, if you want to go ahead and come on up. Yeah, I was just going to comment, as I do, um, on Brooke's question as well. Um, the, the thing that's confusing is you can't, go, you can't base the, the acknowledgement or recognition of who God is through the human body that the demon is speaking through. When, when Satan fell and a third of the angels and everything went with him, they had a one-time choice. They made their choice. So in that sense, the can't and the won't are already in place where they will not. They will not acknowledge God um, and will not acknowledge anything. So, so their pride kind of limits them, but also they've already made their choice. They're not a redeemable spirit that can, um, can turn things around based on some epiphany. And so that's why you're not going to hear that. And that's why it is discerning of spirits is really, really important. Um, and the biggest thing that I love, and it's in, it's in 2 Timothy 1.12. Uh, I hope that's the correct reference. Um, but it's, it's the, basically who we, uh, when we believe God, he's the one that keeps us. From, he will he will keep us uh, against any kind of deception that will come because he holds dear our faith and our choice and that's what we rest in. Um, I, I will say, what's interesting when Greg mentioned earlier about the the division in the bride and and all that, I don't know that we agree doctrinally on every line um, with Stacy Campbell or with every line of her book. You know, since he mentioned a name this morning. But we know that she loves Jesus, and there is a um, there is such a focus on finding where we see things differently in the Word of God, rather than seeing a heart that pursues Him. You know, people are when you're growing and you're learning every day. Sometimes what the Lord shows you in a verse that you misunderstand, He'll show you the next day a correction in that. And so sometimes um, people, people are in progress and process, and uh, that can even be said of somebody who was my mentor early in my Christian life and really encouraged me and challenged me to grow in the Lord. Um, something happened when even it was before COVID, that perpetuated more, but when Trump came on the scene and God had anointed a very unorthodox, uh, non-political person to come and to, to do uh, his will— um, on the earth in this nation, there were things that were exposed about people and sides that were presented and choices that were presented. And this person began to make choices that um, were rooted in fear and in religion that maybe they didn't even know was there. But it's now taken them down a path that is unrecognizable. So where I would have stood in agreement with them before, I've seen now uh, a path of deception take them in a different direction. And so with everybody, now that has been said of us, though, too, that, oh, you're going down, you know, especially when the Lord opened our eyes to the gifts. One of my dearest uh, people in my life um, that I was working with in my ministry, um, it immediately called me a heretic and felt that my choice was now taking me away um, because of, of their learning that the gifts were, had ceased. So with all of the craziness and all of the division, the only unifier is the Holy Spirit. 
The only protection is the relationship. And I will tell you one other thing that was really heavy on my heart when he was giving all the examples of the manifestations. Remember that part of the testing and refinement, and as we were talking about in the ladies' class, the discipline given that Hebrews 12 talks about, that we're disciplined, not punished, but but invested into, trained, and um, were, were worked with by the Lord, is so that in that closeness we'll be able to stand up against what those manifestations produce. They're going to produce the glory of God. They're going to produce healing and the billion soul harvest. But they will also produce a level of persecution that we have to know in our close walk with the Lord how to stand up against. When you, my lane, of course, is the glory of the Lord and all these great things that's going to happen. But the reality is the darkness will reside alongside of the light. We will be the light that those in the darkness, if they're seeking God, will want to cling to. But remember, in the, the example in Scripture that came to my mind was Lazarus. Immediately when Lazarus was raised, the Pharisees and the people of that time that were coming against Jesus it's, it's almost a little bit of hilariousness in the, the thought of it, but they were so threatened. If you read scripture where it tells that story in the Gospel of John, they, they plotted, they said, if people begin to believe him because of this great work, they will come and they will take our place and our power. And they were so threatened by the power of God seen in the life of Jesus and in the life of those who believed in what Jesus did, that they sought to then kill Lazarus again. I mean, it's like he, he was raised from the dead, but let's, let's kill him as if he's going to stay dead because he was just raised. You know, it's a little bit crazy. But, but I mean, those are things that um, people say that, that Hollywood is, is um, they don't mean to be, but that God uses them prophetically because Satan always shows his hand in, in the art of Hollywood. You look at how many movies depict a storyline that when a power is at play, when someone, when something is amazing, youth or healing or something like that, there's always the nemesis or the evil person in the movie is always the one seeking where did that come from? It's either a government power that wants to shut it down or dissect the person to find out what's going on. There's always the persecution that comes against the depicted light in the movie. Uh, and again, I don't mean that they're all Christian movies by any stretch. But it's interesting that that's a piece that we have to be aware of and that God just wants us to be so close to him that we'll know how to handle all that. Because there will be great glory, great miracles, great manifestations. But there will also be people that will be threatened more than they've ever been threatened by the power that is before them. Because when they don't choose God because of seeing the power, all there is is to come against it with every fiber of their being and all of the power that they're choosing. And so, so we have to be ready for that and, and have a shield of faith that makes us impervious to those impacts, but are the, the effects so that we're not impacted. Um, but a lot to think about. And it's interesting that he brought, this is typically what we go over in gifts meeting, but the Lord has something really special for this coming Saturday's gifts meeting. So I do hope you'll be there. Uh, we're going to talk about some very deep stuff and uh, some stuff very relevant to the days that are upon us any moment now. And uh, so if there's any possibility, you can be there next week at 11. I hope you'll come. But let's close in prayer for the message part. Father, thank you. Thank you, God, for how great you are. Thank you, God, for all of your promises. Thank you for giving us Holy Spirit to be a guide, to be a, a, um, a truth 
in us of your heart that speaks to us, that, that manifests your will to be done on the earth through all of the, these gifts, not only for ourselves, but for the body of Christ. I just praise you. Thank you, Jesus, for the price you paid to give us the ability, the entrance to closeness with you. There's so many amazing things, God. Don't ever let us with mindsets or parameters or traditions of, of religion or, or anything that um, is of this world, don't let us have any of that hold us back from what you truly desire for us to have and experience in you. And Father, I just pray in the name of Jesus that you would root deeply within us, that you and closeness with you is the goal. Always, in every situation, not just the fruit of what you do, not just the glory that you show and that you are, but that drawing close to you, loving you more, knowing you more, is the, is the absolute uh, reason that we pursue anything, is just to have you. All that you do, all the fruit that is born from it, everything that comes of it, God, those are additional blessings. But God, the desire and, and the, the entire purpose of why we were created was for fellowship and closeness with you and worship to you. So God, I just pray that you just anchor us in that truth. God, that we might be able to be entrusted with the glory and with your spirit that you have promised you will pour out. I'm so excited. I'm so in awe of what you've already done. God, we can, all, we can go on even this morning, testimonies before the message that were shared of answers to prayers, ways you're working, how you reward our faith. You are a rewarder of those that diligently seek you. God, we're already seeing that. You're already showing that. I just praise you, Lord Jesus. I worship you, God. Don't let us get um, distracted and shut down because of places where we may disagree, but to continue to pursue you and pray for each other and open our hearts to where we can come into unity through you and you alone, not through where we believe we have some intellectual understanding of something. God, we just truly love you. Thank you for your word. Thank you for the proof of all that you do that is in your word, and some of it hiding in plain sight that you're so wanting us to see once we step in faith. Just, I just praise you for that. We just love you, Lord, and continue to work in our lives, Lord, as we begin to experience more and more of what you're doing. Thank you for letting us be alive at such a time as this. Do your will. Do your work. We love you. In Jesus' name, amen.